This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals rally to stun the Flyers in overtime, but it's the Penguins who are division champs. Craig Anderson making a case to stay on the active roster. And the Islanders and Bruins battling for third place tonight as the season comes to a close tomorrow. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, May 10th. Welcome to Caps this morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. I don't know how we pulled it off. I can't remember ever being uh, missing that so many guys and, you know, guys dropping during the game. And really, uh, a lot of guys showed a lot of character today and stepped up in, in different ways. We just... Uh, you know, we, we didn't force it. We just stuck with our game, and, and eventually we got rewarded. It was a thrilling come-from-behind win on Saturday night. That was Lars Eller, and he ended nearly 60 minutes of frustration with Philadelphia goaltender Alex Lyon on a night, as Lars said, was very frustrating as far as manpower for the Capitals, losing all kinds of folks before the game, during the game, but he scored with 39 seconds left to tie it up at one. That set the stage for Connor Sherry's game-winning goal in overtime. With Nick Backstrom out, and T.J. Oshie missing in the third period. Eller skated a career-high 27 minutes and 6 seconds in the game, but it was not enough to stay in the hunt for the division title. Washington needed to win in regulation, and they didn't get it. However, a 2-1 to win over the Flyers did solidify home ice for the first round and a second-place finish in the Mass Mutual East Division. It came in a game where, as you noted during the game, Ben, the entire number one power play unit Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie Carlson, all were out by the start of the third period. The first four didn't play at all. Oshie hurt late in period two. Tom Wilson missed the last 10 minutes of the first period after a collision with Nicolas Aubé-Coubel. It was a great win, albeit under absurd injury circumstances. Now the question is, can the Capitals get healthy this week in time for round one against either Boston or the New York Islanders? And the game on Saturday night, great gutsy comeback win for the Capitals, John. But at times on Saturday, it had the feel of a preseason game, not because of the intensity or anything like that in the game itself, but because of the lineup, because of who we were watching, because of who it consisted of, and namely who was missing for the Capitals. You went through the the, the absentees there, the list of players who missed out the other night. Certainly so many headliners there, and and. Look, this is not ideal for the Capitals. And Peter Laviolette asked post-game on Saturday, he didn't sugarcoat things. When asked what the concern level is right now regarding the health and availability of his top guys, Laviolette said, yes, there's concern. And he also acknowledged, Laviolette, that at least with the second seed locked up now, home ice in round one confirmed and solidified, there's really not much at stake on Tuesday for the Capitals in the season finale against Boston. And maybe that's a good thing in the sense that There's no need to rush anybody back if there's concern about any lingering issues here. But this is really not a great situation. I mentioned the other night on air, John, this is my 12th season covering the team. I can't remember a situation over the past decade plus as bleak as this, as far as injuries and having this many players and this many key cogs out of the lineup. So 
the real unfortunate part here too is ideally this time of year with the couple of games left in the regular season, you know, your playoff bound, ideally you're just fine tuning things. You ought to be a well-oiled machine by now. You just fine tune things and get your timing, you know, just get everything down pat. So that when you can go into postseason, it's just a matter of flipping that switch and, and flipping the calendar and, and getting into the, you know, the serious time of year really. And here, unfortunately for the Capitals, they haven't had the optimal lineup in weeks now and really makeshift lineups, makeshift special teams units. It's a little bit of a concern here as they inch closer now within a week of game one of uh, round one. Everybody's available to win hockey games. And so when you get opportunities, you got to make the most of them. And so we've called on Craig only a couple of times and he's delivered big performances for us. That's head coach Peter Laviolette. Craig Anderson is the oldest goalie to start a game for the Capitals in franchise history. He was 39 years, 352 days old on Saturday when he defeated the Flyers in overtime by a 2-1 to final. He will turn 40 on the 21st of this month sometime during the first round. And with the grind of a compacted 56-game schedule, it would have been difficult to see him shouldering a heavy workload at his age. And the Caps have gone with the kids for this entire season, save the one game that Anderson started in February. But on Saturday night, I saw a guy who was not only making the saves in a game Washington needed to win, I saw a guy with poise. I saw a guy helping out the defense. I saw a guy in complete control. We raved about his performance during the broadcast, and after the game, as you heard, Peter Laviolette did too. Regarding the goaltenders, I believe that Vitek Vanacek is going to start tomorrow against Boston. And I believe he will start game one this weekend, regardless of who the Capitals play. I believe he's earned that right based on a terrific rookie season, one of the best in team history. He's the guy to start with the Caps hope will be a long postseason journey. But with Ilya Samsonov, not a contention with some off-ice stuff, right now, in my mind, Craig Anderson is the number two, even when and if Ilya is ready. And that's not even anything punitive towards Sammy. It is what it is. The regular season's over tomorrow night. There's no more runway. There's no more games to work Ilya back in. Anderson now with a good start on his resume in game 55 of the season. What happened in the previous 54 don't matter now. You go with the best you have at this moment. I think that's Tech on game one. And I think if he falters, I think you got to go with Craig Anderson. And I think that's the key point there, John. I agree with you that Vanacek gets the start for the postseason. He's earned that, the body of work during the regular season. But I think you hit it there. If he falters, you go to Craig Anderson and going to unveil the curtain here a little bit. I'll remind you, John, at about 6 o'clock on Saturday night, so an hour before puck drop, you, myself, Ken Sabrin, we were shooting the breeze, getting ready for pregame. And I asked you guys almost rhetorically, but I brought up the question, what's at stake for Craig Anderson tonight? What could Craig Anderson do tonight Could he enter into a conversation? Can he work his way into contention to earn playoff time? Is that where we're at? And I think we agreed between us. The consensus was might be a stretch for Anderson to all of a sudden be thrust into starting duty in postseason time. But here's what he could do on Saturday. And he did. He entered himself in a conversation where maybe now the leash is a little shorter on Vitek Vanacek. Peter Laviolette and the coaching staff and the team as a whole – They saw in Anderson on Saturday night that if needed, they can go to him. They can trust him if needed, if they feel that they they want to make that shakeup in the playoffs. I think had they gone into the playoffs and Anderson still hadn't started a game since February 21st, there would have been a little question, a little more doubt, a little more wondering 
where is he right now? Where is his game? It's one thing to get practice reps and be on the taxi squad. It's quite another to get game action. And this was just one game, but I think the one game that Anderson had the other night, he played so tremendously well. You hit on all the bullet points there. And what I think it sums up, John, too, is it wasn't only the numbers that he earned the win. He only allowed one goal, but it was the eye test. You watched him and you saw a veteran goaltender in there with poise, with calm, wasn't flopping around. You know, he was just very much in control. And I think what that does is that that provides confidence as well for the players in front of him. And again, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a worst case scenario, but it's an insurance policy. If you feel the need in the postseason to not lean on Vanacek entirely, if there is a desire at one point to make a switch, if there's an injury that comes up, you know, now you have maybe more confidence, Anderson, you know more what you have with his performance on Saturday. And I think that's something that uh, if it comes to that, Capitals can lean on and uh, take solace in. Be watching out throughout the week as the Capitals get ready for either Boston or the New York Islanders game one of the first round in the East Division playoffs. On to injuries. And if we listed through everything that was going on with this team in depth, this show might be an hour today. So we'll stick to the high points and the ones that concern us the most. And outside of Alex Ovechkin that we'll get to here in a moment, biggest concern for me, Ben, is TJ Oshie. He collided with Nicholas Albe Kubel, went down along the boards late in the second period, slowly, gingerly skated to the bench, talked briefly with Caps head trainer Jason Service, went down the tunnel at the end of the period with his teammates, and he did not return. Lower body injury, his status, his practice happens this morning at MedStar Capitals Iceplex, very much in doubt. And given the nature of how he went off and how he left, I sure would like to see number 77 out there. If he is not today or tomorrow, I think that concern level is pretty high. And that was tough to watch on, on Saturday night, that collision, that incident late in the second period. And to your point, the, the manner in which he limped off the ice and, and into the dressing room didn't look good. Hopefully we get an update on his status here again. If the Capitals need or feel the need to go the cautious route. Nothing at stake tomorrow night against the Boston Bruins. You can continue to rest him. Hope he heals up on time to get set for game one of the playoffs coming up next weekend. But for Oshie, such a key cog and, and playing so well for the entirety of the season. But really, when you consider the productivity of late, I think he had 15 goals in 20 games entering Saturday night against Philadelphia, all the goals he had on the power play this year, a team high 13 goals among the league leaders with the man advantage. And also going back to the first half of the season, John, when maybe the offensive productivity, the numbers weren't necessarily there. Keep in mind, he was playing center in emergency situations, the two-way game, the leadership, all those intangibles that he brings. We saw how much last week his team spoke so highly of him, his teammates did after the passing of his father, Tim Oshie, Coach Osh, and just such a, an inspirational figure in that locker room, the, the bulldog mentality that he has, he would be sorely missed if this injury does prove to be serious and, and something that potentially keeps him out. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we'll learn more as soon as today as they reconvene for practice. Other things we'll be watching at practice this morning. Is Nick Backstrom okay? Is John Carlson okay? Is Tom Wilson okay? He did finish the game, but missed half the first period in a pretty nasty leg-on-leg -leg hit, again, with Nicholas Abe-Kubel, who no intent there, but he was involved in both things that didn't go the Capitals' way from an injury standpoint. And then there's Alex Ovechkin, who returned to skate ahead of his teammates on Saturday. No full participation yet, but if there's one guy that can use the rest this week and then jump right back into the fray like nothing happened, I think it would be Alex. So I would think that there isn't a lot of worry about 
Alex, whether or not if he practices today, if he doesn't, if he plays against Boston tomorrow or he doesn't, as long as he can get to 100% by the weekend, I don't think there's any reason to rush him back, but hopefully he is ready to go come the weekend in game one. Yeah, he showed he, he was one of the exceptions, John, league-wide in late January when he missed time when he was on the COVID list and he missed four games. And he didn't only miss four games. He was in self-isolation. He wasn't practicing. He wasn't skating. He was off the ice for, for quite a bit of time there in late January. And I say he was an exception league-wide in that he came back and his first game back, he didn't miss a beat. He scored the eventual game winner in overtime, coincidentally against the Boston Bruins. But a lot of other players league-wide, when they missed that much time for the COVID reason, it took them a while to get their legs back under them. And what I'm getting at is if Ovechkin misses another game here tomorrow night against Boston and he just gets thrust into the postseason after having played only one shift over the final eight or nine games of the regular season – Maybe for some, that's a, a little bit of a, a bigger concern than it might be for Ovechkin as far as just jumping back in, kind of picking up where he left off. Maybe it takes him a few shifts to get his legs back under him, but he's shown at least most recently earlier this season. doesn't take a, a long time for Ovechkin to, to get that engine revved up again. That said, I will say quickly, John, the concern is there in terms of this being Ovechkin and having only played one shift, one 39-second shift over the last eight games as we record this. Given his durability throughout his career, given his ability to play through so much, again, the antenna goes up here when he has missed as much time as he has, just in terms of this is such unchartered territory for the Russian machine that never breaks. So, you know, here's hoping he's okay when he does finally come back. And when he does come back, hopefully, as was the case earlier this year, he doesn't need much time to to get that engine going again. We need a feel-good story before we get to a look at the out-of-town board and what is to be here over the final two days of the regular season, and that is Garrett Pilon. And you were on the Garrett Pilon beat long before the rest of us, Ben. Made his NHL debut with the Caps on Saturday. He made Zdeno Chara feel old. Chara played with Rich Pilon, Garrett's father, in New York with the Islanders at the start of his career, something you chronicled pretty well in your story in the Hockey News. Yeah, it's kind of funny. When I spoke to Zdeno Chara in late January for this story, I asked him when he came to Washington and saw the name Garrett Pilon on the roster in training camp, did, did he even you know register that it was Rich Pilon's son? And, and before I could even finish asking the question, he cut me off. He said right away, oh, he knew. He and Rich Pilon have actually kept in touch all these years later. They played together more than two decades ago with the New York Islanders when Chara was just breaking into the league. He credits Rich Pilon as one of those mentors who kind of took him under his wing when he was just getting his feet wet in the NHL. So Chara says he owes a lot to Rich Pilon. And I thought it was fitting the other night, John, on Saturday night when Garrett Pilon made his NHL debut. Not only was Garrett in the starting lineup, but during the national anthem, Garrett Pilon and Zdeno Chara were standing right next to each other on the blue line. They were both in the starting lineup. It was almost like a moment coming full circle for Zdeno Chara, who was playing in the lineup with Rich Pilon April 13th, 1998, the day Garrett Pilon was born, an Islanders game coincidentally against the Washington Capitals. And it's just a, a full circle story for Zdeno Chara having played with both father and son more than two decades apart. Very cool. Yeah, very cool indeed. All of those details and good on Peter Laviolette for putting them both in the starting lineup in that game on Saturday against Philadelphia. All right, so the Mass Mutual East Division out-of-town scoreboard is getting rather slim. On Sunday, everyone was off. 
Pittsburgh, the New York Rangers, and Buffalo. They're done. They have concluded the regular season. The Capitals, the Islanders, the Flyers, Devils have one game left. Boston with two remaining. So we move on to tonight. New Jersey and Philadelphia concluding their regular seasons against one another at Wells Fargo Center at 7 o'clock. Flyers will finish the season in sixth place. The Devils in seventh. Quick note on the Devils. Jonas Siegenthaler is back in the lineup for New Jersey. He'd been out on COVID protocol for quite some time. Return to the lineup on Saturday for New Jersey. And who Washington plays in round one could be determined tonight. The Islanders and Bruins in Boston tonight at 7 o'clock. Islanders have struggled down the stretch just 13-11-2, or said another way, as many losses as wins over their last 26. Bruins have taken points in eight of their last 11, but coming off a loss at home to the Rangers on Saturday. Ben, if Boston wins, we know the matchup, and there really is not going to be a whole lot to play for tomorrow between the Caps and the Bruins. And you mentioned the Boston Bruins coming off a loss over the weekend to the New York Rangers. That's been an exception to the rule of late. The Bruins 11-3-1 since the NHL trade deadline about a month ago, going back to April 12th, the best record in the NHL and also a league best 1.87 goals against average. They're getting offensive productivity. They're getting the secondary scoring they lacked early this year. They're also getting sound goaltending and defensive play. The Bruins arguably playing their best hockey of the season over the past few weeks, and should that be the first-round matchup, Capitals could potentially have their hands full. Boston looks very, very good here the past few weeks. Getting deeper, and we'll be talking quite a bit about them, maybe as soon as tomorrow if we knew the matchup is to be, but Boston not just a one-line team anymore. We've been documenting that over weeks, and as deep now as they have been all season. The Capitals will find out maybe as soon as tonight. That game goes at 7 o'clock. So with two days to go, standings on this Monday morning, Pittsburgh with 77 points. They're in the clubhouse. They're division champs. Capitals with two games to go at 75 points. They cannot catch Pittsburgh. Tiebreaker doesn't go their way, but they have clinched home ice. They will start this weekend Round one at Capital One Arena. Boston in third, 71 points. They can wrap up the three seed with a win tonight. The Islanders, they need to win tonight, and they need the Caps to win Tuesday, and that would clinch them third. So a lot left here, Ben, in these last 48 hours, but it's going to become clear maybe as soon as tonight, and the Capitals can start looking ahead to round one. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see, John, if the Islanders beat Boston tonight, then the Bruins, case could be made, would have something to play for tomorrow night at Capital One Arena if it matters to them whether they finish third or fourth. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bruins have something at stake and the Capitals don't, how the games play out. Or conversely, if Boston does lock up third place tonight with a win over the Islanders, then both the Capitals and Bruins will quote-unquote have nothing to play for on Tuesday. They'll both be locked into their positions, and it will be a playoff preview that could be a very interesting just how that all unfolds on Tuesday night. So a lot to follow in terms of tonight's game between the Bruins and Islanders. Now that could potentially affect our game tomorrow night in D.C. Caps Bruins tomorrow at 7. Caps game day starts at 4 o'clock. Ben, have yourself a great Monday. Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.